Hello, this is episode 354 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Riley. So this is one of those times where I wanted to record a podcast, but I've got myself into the space of, do I really understand that? Is that right? And we've been kind of questioning myself. And what was really funny is um, a couple of days ago, I went back to reading some of my own work that I wrote in, oh, from April 2018 onwards. And it's, it's not the first time I've gone back to that writing. It almost feels like an operation manual at this point. It's kind of like I went to the trouble of processing my way through really big themes then. And so sometimes when I find myself being derailed by the world and I go back there, I'm like, no, this is how I feel. And this is an interesting one. It's the difference between boundaries and walls. And ironically... Is something that, that gets projected onto a lot. And my very simple test for how I'm doing in the world is how I look. I suppose I did a sort of a, a complete re-evaluation a few months ago because I knew I was really struggling with my thyroid. And so it was time for me to look at my boundaries again and to decide what was in and what was out and what was serving me and what wasn't. But it's hard to tell the difference between those. Like... Have you just ended up in a comfort zone? Have you shut everybody out? Have you built the Berlin Wall around yourself and closed everyone out of your life? Sorry, my throat's still a bit ropey this morning. Are you making excuses? Are you keeping yourself safe? Are you not stepping into opportunities? Like those are all questions I have a lot, and I think the one of the aspects I don't like with personality theory you know, when I follow a lot of things online just to sort of see what people are saying, like it's a bit of a cop-out always. It's a bit of an excuse for not doing things. It's like having reasons for holding yourself back, particularly any of the videos that I've watched on YouTube around this all kind of finish with, you know, this idea that my personality never steps into their true potential. And, and ironically, one of the reasons I've been struggling is because I tried to set up a project to do just that. And the energy was so difficult around it that I walked away from it. So yes, I, I've been doing a lot of like self-discovery. Like I don't, I don't just take things that, oh, my personality says I need this and I need to do this. For me, it's a much deeper reflection and one of the ways I know the best is I stand in front of the mirror and I look at myself. Because my thyroid is the best gauge of how I'm doing in terms of boundaries. And so what are the differences and how do you know? Well, the very simple answer to that is if your heart is still open, it's a boundary. Boundaries are limits for your well-being. They're not walls that are built in fear. And so if you go go through life and you think, is my energy open and am I sharing myself with people and am I forming deep connections with people? And even when I'm out in the world, are people still engaging with me and do I seem approachable? That's a sense of whether you have your heart space open or not. And you've not compressed yourself or taking yourself out of society and 
diminish yourself in any way. It's the difference between being quiet and self-contained and, and hiding. Um, you know, I, I have gone through both and I realized a long time ago that it's actually incredibly painful for me to shut myself down and to not share my energy and share myself and travel through the world with that. I may not always be the loudest person in the room, but that doesn't mean that I'm not an open person in the room. And as I said, it's kind of ironic because this is something that people project a lot onto. They project a lot of need onto it and a sense of you needing to move differently. And there's always conditions around how you show up. But that doesn't mean that like the moments that I've gone through recently, that I don't need to do a lot of self-discovery to think about, am I holding myself back here? And I've noticed enough patterns in the past as well to see that sometimes when I sort of reinstate my boundaries because I feel a little bit too stretched because my body is telling me that I need to, that I've kind of fragmented my focus to too many people and too many projects. Then often at those times where I sort of become incredibly self-aware again and incredibly respectful to actually my own boundaries and my own needs, I will end up sort of losing a lot of people from my world. And some of them will come back in time, and some of them won't. And that is, I suppose, the most important place that you get to because there's an acceptance in that and in that understanding of yourself and understanding of your boundaries and understanding how you can travel through the world openly but not have everything impact you in a negative way. That there's a great acceptance of where other people are at. And I keep using the same words over and over. I keep using the words acceptance, understanding, and unconditional, because they all go together. And on the other side, with the walls that people often do have built around themselves, there, there comes fear, projections, and judgments, and insecureness. And the really funny part about this for me is that it's perfectly possible to travel through the world with walls built around you, where you don't commit your energy to anybody, where you don't necessarily share yourself unconditionally, where you play lots of mind games in terms of judgments and projection, but you can appear to be open, like you can appear to be, you know, the most dynamic person in the room, and yet. If I really sit down and connect into your energy or I send you a piece of very emotive writing or I really try to connect with you or I say something from a slightly different frame of reference, we'll see all of those moments. We'll see the moments where, where things where you can't pretend anymore that everything is together. and and you throw your energy around the room, and you project it out, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I kind of knew that was in there, I knew that even how you were pretending to show up, that actually you had huge walls around you. Intuitively, 
I didn't quite trust that. So it's a, for me, it's a fascinating conversation. But this doesn't mean that I don't often question like my comfort zones or question am I not doing the right things? Am I not making myself vulnerable? One of the aspects that I've come to to sort of recognise in myself, and again, this is part of my own boundaries, people really don't understand the impacts of literacy and difficulties in having dyslexia. Like, I'm just trying to find a way to, to explain this to people. So if you can imagine, right, that you, you suddenly wake up and you have really poor vision and you're not allowed to wear your glasses for the day and you've been asked to, to go up and take part in this bird spotting competition, this sort of big process that has to take place. And you have to be able to, to count all the species of birds, correlate everything, all different varieties, the numbers of them, everything. You've been brought to this sort of wildlife place to do this, and you're not allowed any glasses, and somehow really your life depends upon it. Well, that's a little bit what it's like traveling through the world with dyslexia. It's not as simple as you struggle to spell or you struggle to, to read and write. It's like when you go into environments that are not constructed in a way that you can kind of predict, I suppose, that you don't know the patterns, that there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of additional things happening. It's kind of like you suddenly can't see anything. You can't focus on anything. It's not as simple. You like, I found myself standing in the supermarket last week and saying to my mother, it must be so easy, you know, to, to do things and you can read because we were trying to find some shampoo for the dog. We were trying to find baby shampoo for the dog. And okay, I could find the baby section and I could find the baby shampoos. But to discern the difference between shampoo and bath, whatever, at that moment, is that that level of detail is impossible. I developed, I suppose, the the openness. Again, this is part, part of my openness. I developed the openness a long time ago to be able to tell the world what I could and couldn't do. <laughs> I'm entering a lot of my writing at the moment, and it's going to be an interesting one because I can't read my own writing any better than I can read anybody else's out. I know in myself that I'm not prepared to put myself into a position because it would be really detrimental to, to myself and those boundaries and those sense of well-being for me to go into a room and try to read things out loud. And similarly, I sort of do a kind of a, a pros and cons list in my head and I think, okay, the way this is structured, I'd really need to be able to read and I'd really need to be comfortable in that and comfortable in navigating all the information here. And I'm not, and that would have a negative impact on my well-being. So those are, that doesn't mean that I don't write that I don't read about 60 books a year in various formats, that I don't do sessions where people with people where they would have no idea how I've structured them and set them up so that I know what's on the page, or that I don't do lots of things in my life. It doesn't mean that I don't step outside my comfort zone or back to this idea. I don't use my literacy as an excuse for not doing lots of things. I've done all the education, I've done all of the things. What it does mean is that in terms of boundaries now, I choose what to do based on how it will react for my well-being.
And I choose the environments to do that in very carefully because of all of the impacts. So it is like it's, it's a difference between a wall to moving in the world and a boundary to moving in the world. And I don't think I've ever really talked about that before. What I mean, I mean, have been doing a lot of reflection on a lot of different things at the moment. Meaning a lot of reflection on trusting my own intuition, but not allowing it to hold me back. In remaining really open and having lots of experiences, but not allowing them to impact my well-being. It's like, it's, it's, like, it's like I wrote a long time ago, like I know if I'm in a good or a bad relationship based on how I look. And, and it's one of the aspects I look, I look at in, in everybody I work with. There's a kind of a snapshot very quickly from me as to whether someone is in their well-being or they're not. It's one of the things I notice. Like, other people might notice what sweater you're on, <laughs> you've, you've got on. I'll notice how your well-being is. Because that's that instant moment of recognition. And I suppose I, I didn't really realise that either, that's what I'm, what I'm looking at in people. So it is, like, it's, it's, it's a fascinating conversation to tease apart for yourself. And on my Patreon, I have reshared today, it goes out this afternoon, I've reshared the chapters on this, the, the, the clarity, as I call it, that clarity in understanding the difference between walls and boundaries. The clarity in understanding why projection is so difficult for us and why, you know, you can't ever ask for unconditional. It's not something that you can demand from another person. It's a process that is built in really deep foundations of trust and understanding and acceptance. And it doesn't have judgment. But that doesn't mean you don't see everything about a person, but it means you don't, you don't judge it. You don't need everybody to be the same as yourself. You actually not only acknowledge difference, but you accept difference. But you don't use your boundaries as an excuse to not do things like this podcast.